Thank you for choosing to listen to today's message by Reverend Dr. David Entry. We know you will be blessed if you seek and serve God. We believe that this message will stir up a desire for more of God, even as you listen. Be blessed. In our last session, I, I spoke about the righteousness of God. And I spoke about how we have been given righteousness because of the, we have been cloaked with the righteousness of Christ. However, there is the need for the righteousness of the saints, our good works, our righteous deeds, which is also our cloak, our actual covering for the wedding and for entering into the joy of the Lord. Praise God. And I spoke about I spoke about holiness. I spoke about holiness being consecration. So we have to be separated, sanctified, set apart. That's what holy means, to set apart. We have to be set apart for God's exclusive glory and use. So, I and I mentioned the sanctification, how we have the positional sanctification and the dispositional or progressive sanctification, which means that we now, when you come into Christ, you are sanctified, but now you begin to work out your sanctification or the, as, the aspect of human responsibility comes into play once we are saved. We do not save ourselves, but after we are saved, we have to now live the life of salvation. I spoke about how the Bible says that bring forth fruits of repentance. Luke 3, 8, Matthew 3, 8. Luke 3, 8, Matthew 3, 8 talks about produce fruits worthy of repentance. So if you have repented, then there must be fruits of repentance. And I, I, I explain, I explain uh, how in, in Christianity, the starting point is repentance. Believe repentance, baptism, and Holy Spirit. These four things. If you miss one, that means there's a spiritual midwifery problem spiritual mid midwife midwifery okay so your spiritual birth if the, the four is not complete it will definitely heavily impact your christian life so there are people who came to church they believe in christ they are born again but they didn't come to understand the importance of repentance so they still retain certain sins you can't be like god and behave anyhow you know so Our righteous works are important. Yes, grace covers us and grace saves us. But uh, there must be works. The Bible talks about in Titus chapter 2 verse 11 that um, the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. Then verse 13 says, teaching us that denying worldly lust and ungodliness. So if that grace has saved you, it's teaching you to do something. The grace that saves also teaches and directs towards instru- uh, uh, righteousness, right? So it's important to understand that we have a role to play once you are born again. You Now, having said that, may I also throw a bit of, shed a bit of light on this fact. This begs the question, why is it that I've been born again and genuine, but I still struggle with sin? Because if... Uh, we have been born again and sanctified from within and we should live without sin. Why do we? Do I struggle with sin? Why, Pastor, why? I'm, I'm not a hypocrite. I'm genuine. Oh, simple. The answer is simple. Jesus, when the Bible says Jesus died for our sins, all right, he saved us for our sins. Remember, in Revelation chapter 5, verse 5, he is not only 
the Lamb of God, according to John chapter 1, verse 29, 36, said, Behold, the Lamb of God. What does the Lamb of God do? He takes away the sins of the world. And so Jesus came to deal with our sins. In what way? He took away the sins of the world, and not just taking away the sins of the world, but he crushed the power of sin in us. He is the Lion of the tribe of Judah. He said the Lion has prevailed. He prevailed over Satan and the the poison of Satan in man that makes man not be able to live to please God. All right. So nobody has it in himself to be able to live to please God, to meet the requirements of God. No one can save us from God. It is only God who can save us from God. So God is the only one who can save us from himself from his anger and his wrath. So Jesus Christ came to pay for our sins. That is why he is the Lamb of God. The Lamb of God means to supply his blood. We are purchased by the blood of the Lamb. We are covered by the blood of the Lamb. We are redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. He delivered us from the powers of darkness into his marvelous light, Colossians chapter 2. So he has delivered us, Colossians 1, sorry. He has delivered us from the powers of darkness into the his marvelous light. So we are no more in darkness. We are no more slaves to sin. This is very important. So when you become born again, the, the blood of the lamb pays for your sins. The sins that we have committed, his blood pays for it. But the lion of the tribe of Judah, uh, uh, Christ as the lion, uh, conquers, he prevails over sin. So there are two types of sins that Bible talks about in Romans particularly. I think Romans chapter 1 to chapter 5, it talks about sins, the wages of sins. So it's sins, which is actions, sins. So the, when it comes to sins, it is the blood of Jesus that deals with our sins. But when it comes to sin, which is like a personality, Romans chapter 7, verse um, 17, it says that sin lives in me. Romans chapter 6, verse 14. He said, sin shall no longer have dominion. No, no, it's presenting sin as a personality, not as an activity. Sin is now a personality. Okay, so the reason why we sin is because the personality of sin, which is the venom and the poison of Satan, which entered man, is inside controlling us. And so, in Romans chapter 7, he says that, you see, the law is good, verse 17, sorry, verse 14. He said, the law is good, and I want to do the law. I agree that the law is good, but I am, I am a, a, a man sold under sin. I've been sold. Romans chapter 7 verse 14 says that. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. So without the involvement of Christ, there's no way anybody can live a holy life. That's what I, where I'm driving to. There's no, there's no way anyone without outside of Christ, can live to please God. Nobody can do that. So for, for God to receive pleasure through our lives, it must be coming from our spirits, which is indwelt by his spirit. So the Holy Spirit within us is what brings out the fruits of God and enables us to do what pleases God. Remember, I think in Philippians, yeah, in Philippians chapter 2, verse 13, it says, it is God who works in you to uh, to uh, both to do to will first and to do so the fact that you are doing something godly should let you know that even to will to do it can come from you no man has the will can will to do what pleases god no human being has it 
to be able to, I choose to please God. You can't choose except the spirit comes into you. The spirit cannot come. Galatians chapter 5 verse 13 Galatians chapter 3, verse 13 and 14. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the Lord, having been made a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is anyone who hangs on the tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon us, the Gentiles, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit. The Spirit. So without redemption, you can't receive the Spirit. Praise the Lord. So it's important to understand. It says that um, I'm sold under sin. Verse 15. Romans chapter 7, verse 15. For that which I do not allow, so that which I do, I, I allow not. Okay, so the things I want to do, I'm not able to do. I'm not allowing myself to do the things which personally, deep in my heart, I want to do. That which, so um, for what I would, that I do not. But what I hate, that I do. It can sound like somebody. Once you are in the flesh, you end up doing what you hate. All right, then. Look at verse, I want to jump, verse 17 said, Now then, it is no longer I that do it, but sin that dwells, you see, sin. It didn't say, my, I'm committing sins. No, he said, sin is, we commit sin because sin sins, because sin dwells in us. One is S-I-N-S, and the other one is S-I-N. Right? So, God forgives us uh, of our sins. He delivers us from the power of sin. It's a personality. Satan checks in, check into us. And so the flesh, if you live in the flesh, you, there's no way you can meet the standards of God. You, you, must, you must turn to your spirit. That's why in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16, it says that, but when they turn to the spirit, when we turn to the spirit, it's a turning to the spirit or turn to the Lord. And it says 17 says that the Lord is the spirit or the spirit is the Lord. So the Lord is the spirit. And wherever the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Liberty not now you are free not to, to sin. For, for once you can say, ha, I don't, I, I'm not going to sin. And you'll be able to do that. But if you, the flesh, you are left to the flesh alone. You only have Romans chapter 7 verse 24 and 20, uh, 24 working in your life. Look at that. Romans 7, 24 says that, Oh, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from the, bo- from the body of this death? Or some translation said, from this body of death. It's a body of death. This body is a body of death. I think in Romans chapter, uh, no, I think it's the same chapter, verse 9 or so. It talks about the body of sin. So it's a body of sin and it's a body of death. Is a body of sin. and So who will deliver me from this body of death? It's a body that has become useless because sin indwells the body. Useless so long as godliness is concerned. Sin indwells, but the solution to inability to overcome sin is this. The solution was this. He said, so let me verse 24 again. Oh, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me? Who shall deliver me from this body of sin? I thank God through I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with my mind, I myself said the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. The flesh can't save God. So, but Jesus has made it made it possible for you to live and overcome sin. That is good news. That is why he says that he who the Son sets free in John 6, sorry, John 8:36. He who the Son sets free. Is free in this Romans chapter 6, verse 14. It says that for you are no longer under grace. Sorry, for sorry, for sin shall no it shall not have dominion over you. Sin, 
can't have dominion over it. Yeah, so there are people who sin can't have dominion over. So then, it, it means that if God is calling us unto holiness, it means we can. He will never call us unto holiness if we, we don't have the installation for holiness. So, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14, he said, follow peace with all men and holiness. We have to follow it. So, the what we have to do, our responsibility after we have been sanctified in Christ is to work in the pro- work in the progressive sanctification, which is following holiness. Or I prefer, that's why I want to title this message, the p- perfecting holiness. How to perfect holiness. So this is the same as how to follow holiness. It's the same as how to be separated. It's the same as how to be consecrated. It's the same as how to remain holy and keep your garments pure. Now, he says that follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man can see God. Without holiness, nobody, there is no hope for anybody. In 2 Corinthians chapter 6, from verse, I probably have to take it from verse 17. Wherefore, come out from amongst them and be ye separated. This is a be ye holy, be ye sanctified. Come out from amongst them. Redraw yourself from a, a particular environment in order to be able to be holy. <laughs> Wherefore, come out from amongst them and be ye separated. Be ye separated, says the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. Touch not. There are some things we don't have to double in. Now, verse 18 said, and I'll be a father. Now look at the, verse, the next verse, which is, if you are going to verse by verse, then that is verse 19. But it's chapter 7. We've moved into chapter 7. So continuation from there, it says that, Having therefore these, these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness. Who is supposed to do the cleansing for us? He said, let us. We have a responsibility to play, brothers and sisters. Let us cleanse ourselves from, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness, of the flesh and of the spirit. There are times that something can contaminate your spirit man, not the spirit of the Lord inside you, but your spirit man. Because of fleshly contaminations, it penetrates, especially contaminations, sexual contaminations. Sexual contaminations go far. It goes beyond the flesh. It goes beyond the, the soul. It, it, can, it affects the spirit. In fact, having said that, because I think it would be just appropriate to show you that what I'm saying is true. <laughs> First Corinthians chapter 6, verse 16 says that, What? I like the way it starts. What? Don't you know? What? Know ye not that he which is joined to a harlot is one body? For the two, he says, shall be one flesh. Harlot is practicing, uh, harlot is, is, is uh, what do you call it? Prostitute. So he said, if you join yourself to a harlot, in other words, if you get into sexual immorality with somebody, he said, you, are, you become one with the person. Watch this. But he that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. So our, our, our being Christians make us one spirit with Christ. Watch this. Flee fornication for every sin that a man does is without the body. In other words, it's outside of the body. It doesn't really go. NIV, it says that flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a person commits is outside the body. But who, whoever sins sexually sins against his own body. Do you not know? Or do you not know that, that your bodies are the temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, who, have re, who you have received from God? You are not your own. 
you are you were born to fear therefore glory of God. So it, it said when you there are certain sins when you commit the, the, the sins that are it's just outside the body. In other words, it, it, it's it's certain sins are just you know they, they don't go far enough. But when you commit sexual sin, it it goes far. It actually weakens your body. You hurt your body. And it penetrates that. I think there's a scripture I, would, I wanted to show you where it's, it's, you are beginning to contaminate your spirit. But going back to the point I said, it says that let us perfect holiness, right? And so 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse, verse 1. 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 1. Therefore, having this problem, let us, um, let, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and the spirit. Perfecting holiness, how do you do that in the fear of the Lord? So perfecting holiness. So I'm teaching about how to perfect holiness. All right, how to perfect holiness. One, number one, you must know that within you, you can practice holiness. Outside of Christ, it's not, it's not possible. There's no possibility there. You can be a nice person, but it doesn't mean you are practicing holiness. You can't be set apart. So it's in Christ that Christ that gives us the ability to set, be set apart for God. So number one is uh, to we have to understand that we have what it takes to practice holiness, to perfect holiness. So how do you perfect holiness? That's the point. I have seven points quickly. Number one, how to perfect holiness. Number one is, you know, the 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 word, the 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 term actually explains it. The Bible calls him the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. He's you see, sometimes the problem is that we think he's the only spirit. So we handle him like the only spirit. No, he's not the only spirit. There are other spirits, but he's the Holy Spirit. No, there can never be holiness outside of the Holy Spirit. The first time the word Holy Spirit was mentioned in the New Testament is when Jesus was about to be conceived. And the angel told Mary that that which will be conceived in you thou shall be of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. So it takes the Holy Spirit to do the holy things. That is why he said, do not attempt going out to do anything for me. Wait until you receive the Holy Spirit. Wait in Jerusalem till you receive the promise of the Father. So we are born again, watch this. We are born again so as to receive the Holy Spirit. That's very important. So just being born again is not the end. When you are born again, the Bible says that Christ is the life-giving spirit he is comes into you so we are born again to receive the holy spirit now we have to begin to live by the holy spirit if you don't live by the holy spirit you can't live for god he's the only one who is holy okay so watch this first corinthians chapter 6 verse 11 says that and such such were some of you and this is talking about some behavior uh, um, verse 9 says that now you know that the righteous shall not, sorry, the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminates, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor, covetous, nor drunkards, nor rivalous, nor extortionists, 419, nor extortionists, no, it shall inherit the kingdom of God. Watch this, watch this. This is the okay. And such were some of you. Such were. You see, so what you were is not the problem. What you is, <laughs> what you are is the problem. 
what you are, it is your undoing. That is what is blocking your, you enjoying the kingdom, the basilea, the rulership of God. So Satan is just having his, a, a field trip in your life. Because God can have dominion, rule in your life because of what you are. He says that for the unrighteous cannot inherit the kingdom. So watch this. He says that unrighteousness is costly. Brothers and sisters, unrighteousness is costly. Excuse me, sorry. Verse, um, yeah, it says that, and such were some of you, but ye are washed. Good news. He, hallelujah. But ye are washed, but ye are sanctified. Do you see the word sanctified there? You are set apart. You are cleansed. But ye are sanctified. You are washed. Ye are sanctified. But ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus. How? And by the Spirit of our God. Sanctification is a function of the Spirit. Sanctification, holiness is a function of the Holy Spirit. Not the only Spirit, but the Holy Spirit. Holiness is a function. So how do we do it? That's why the Bible says in Galatians chapter 5, verse 16, walk in the Spirit and you will not fulfill the desires of the flesh. Walk in the spirit because watch this as I was saying the flesh was never saved and God doesn't have intentions to save the flesh so if you set your mind on the things of the flesh you will die God, in Romans chapter 8 verse 5 he said for those who set their minds on the f- things of the flesh shall die but those who set their minds on the things of the spirit shall live verse 5 says that for they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh and they that are after the spirit do mind the things of the spirit for to be carnally minded is death but to be spiritually minded is life and peace because the carnal mind is and watch this the carnal mind is enmity against god you don't have to be an active i hate god no you don't have to say you hate god when you are carnal you are beginning to behave against god all right so the carnal mind is enmity against god for it is not subject to the law of god neither indeed can be so then they that are in the flesh cannot please god they that are in the flesh cannot please god you have to be in the spirit walk by the spirit walk by the spirit they that are it says that um for they that have the spirit of they are the verse 14 for as many as are led by the spirit of god they are the sons of god so it's a spiritual thing Alright, this is a spiritual thing before it's a, a mental or just an ideology. It's not an ideology. It's a spiritual thing. So, number one, it, is, it takes the Holy Spirit to sanctify us. It takes the Holy Spirit to saturate us with the holiness of God on our inner man. Alright, so it starts from your inner man. You being saturated with the holy, holiness of God on your inner man. How can you live holy? First of all, by turning to your spirit right depending on the holy spirit because he is the spirit of holiness he is the spirit of purity he is the spirit of truth praise god praise god in um in um i wrote down some scriptures which i want to share with you here titus chapter 3 in titus chapter 3 verse thank you jesus verse 5 i believe this scripture will be a blessing Anyway, all the scriptures are a blessing to me. Anyway, but this scripture will help 
somebody understand. He said, not by the works of righteousness, okay, but verse 4, but after the kindness of, of God and the love of God our Savior towards mankind appeared, not by the works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercies he saved us by the washing of regeneration and the renewal, renewing of the Holy Spirit. We are saved and the Holy Spirit now begins to do the renewal work in us. There, see, So it's Holy Spirit is the chief agent of transformation. Holy Spirit is the God's chief agent of transformation. So if you don't walk in the Spirit or set your mind on the Spirit, there is no way you can please God. There is no way you can be separated unto God. There is no way you can perfect holiness. There is no way you cannot perfect holiness if you don't turn to God and please God from your Spirit. Walk in the Spirit and you shall not fulfill the desires of the flesh. So number one, the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Number two is the Holy Scriptures. Number two is the Holy Spirit Scriptures. In other words, the Word of God. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 and 17, he said, All Scripture is given by the inspiration of God, and it is profitable unto doctrine, unto reproof, unto instruction, unto correction and instruction in righteousness. Verse 17, that the man of God will be thoroughly finished or thoroughly equipped unto every good work. So it is necessary and it is the scriptures are good for instructions in righteousness. In Psalm 119 verse 11, in Psalm 119 verse 11, this is how the scriptures put it. Thank you, Jesus. It says that how... Sorry, let's start from verse 9. I want to read the verse 9 instead. Without shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereunto according to your word. You want to remain clean? God's word must be in your face. God's word must be in your face because it says, we all beholding us in the mirror. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. So we all beholding us in the mirror. The word of God is in the, it's like a mirror. It's like a glass, beholding us in a glass, uh, being transformed into the same image. All right. So I'll come back to that in a minute. But then it says that, how shall a a young man cleanse his ways? By taking heed, give attention to my words. Give attention to the word of God, not the word of man. All the sometimes preachers that depend too much on ideologies and quoting from great men, not great men of God, even sometimes great men of God, but if it's not the Bible, the Bible has more to say than any human being has said. I know there are great men who have said great things, have said amazing things. Let us steer away from that too much behind the pulpit and steer more into scripture and say the scripture said, the scripture said, because when the scriptures speak, God has spoken. When the scriptures speak, God speaks. When you read the, the scriptures don't speak, God is not speaking. So we can quote Things that sound, Bible says they have itchy ears. They turn their ears away from the truth. This is the only truth. Jesus said in in Luke, John 17, 17, he says, sanctify them by their their word. Their word is truth. So how do you sanctify your word? Yourself, the word of God. He said your word is truth. It's it's the the sanctifying agent of God is his word. Watch, look at at verse 11 of Psalm 119, verse 5. Verse 11, Psalm 119, verse 11. He says that, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might... You don't want to sin? It takes the word. The word. You are so wordless. How can you not be worldly? 
You are so well wordless. How can you not end up being worldly? How can you not be carnal? How can you not be fleshy? Fleshy and fleshly. Fleshy. Everything is flesh. It's thick, thick flesh. When you speak, flesh is speaking. Fleshy. Fleshy words. And you are fleshly in your behavior. Fleshly. So how can you not be fleshy and fleshly? Worldly and carnal if you are not wordful. The word of God in Colossians 3.16, let the word of God, the uh, word of Christ dwell in you richly. If the word is not coming in, you will, you will go to, to sin. Sin will have dominion over you because it's not a matter of personal self-will, even though that plays a role. It's not fundamentally all that. Because it is the strength from your inner man. In Ephesians chapter 3 verse, I think, no, it can't be 16. Yeah, 316 talks about how the Lord strengthened you by his spirit into your inner man. You cannot please God from your outer man. This whole thing is a spirit. John 4, 24. For God is a spirit. In Romans 1, 9, I serve the God. I've served God in my spirit. Romans 12, 11, being fervent in the spirit, serving the Lord, not lagging in diligence, fervent in the spirit, serving. You can't serve God without being fervent in the spirit. Be in the spirit. Now, you cannot also be in the spirit and stay in the spirit if the word of God is not feeding your spirit, man. The word of God is bread. The word of God is nourishment. What I'm doing right now, I'm feeding somebody. And then when you finish feeding from me, you then go and take your Bible and feed. So all these scriptures that I've quoted, make sure you are reading over them again as much as you can and using them as your studies. It will take you deeper into God's word and you realize that your spirit becomes strong. You are wondering, well, I don't know why I keep falling to temptation. I'm struggling. How can a young man cleanse his way? How can an old man cleanse his way? Uh, 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 his way? How can a good man cleanse his way? How can a bad man cleanse his way? How can an, uh, a, 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 a church leader cleanse his way? How? It's not because the title. The title doesn't give you entitlement. It's the word of God that gives you an upper hand in the realm of the spirit. So you are struggling with sin. You are struggling. You are a believer. You are struggling. This thing is affecting you. Sometimes you are so down. You are so down because of this same thing. That's the sign, one, that you are actually alive unto God. If you are not being convicted by sin, that is like you are in coma. If you are born again, you are in coma. Comatose. But if you are... You, you, anytime you fall to sin, you feel so uncomfortable, you're so worried, you are, it, it, it drains you down. It's a good sign. It's a good sign because a dead leg or a dead body would not respond to stimuli. So the fact that you respond to stimuli is a sign that you're actually alive unto God. You understand that? So it's good you are feeling so down. Don't mind the, pre, uh, the pastor or that preacher who said, no, I don't want to talk about sin. People are going through a lot already. They are going through it, but the sin thing is possibly under it. It's the, that's what is blocking God for showing them. So stop preaching. God will just help you. God is with you. And tell someone, repent. Repent. I'm not saying that all the preachings must be about repentance, but much of the problem is an, an issue of lack of repentance. 
Much of the problems of God, we don't see the hand of God. Much of the lack of manifestation of the goodness of God in people's life is not because they don't have grace. God is not a God of grace. It's because they have blocked their grace from flowing because they have detached themselves. They are not sanctified unto God. And so we need, brother, you need to feel uncomfortable about your sin. Because that is the only thing that can affect your relationship with God. Your lack of money won't affect you. It's not necessarily going to affect your relationship with God. It will probably, uh, the other things may pave their way for sin. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Matthew 3, 6, 33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Righteousness. And then others follow. If the others are not following, maybe you are not seeking the righteousness. I call you unto righteousness. I challenge you unto righteousness. Am I perfect? No. Am I, am I all, all, all that in a bag of chips? No, I'm not. I am striving unto holiness. I am following holiness. I am perfecting holiness. And that is the Christian call. Perfect holiness. Stop looking for breakthrough because without holiness, you are breaking down anyway. The breakthrough will come and still break down. And so pursue holiness. Walk with God. And the blessings of God is what make a rich car, Madaya. Standing here or sitting here as a pastor and professor, may God bless you, bless you, bless you. And I know there are things that are draining the blessing from coming. You are holding basket. I'm taking you to the well to go and fetch water from the house because there's desperate need of water in the house. And you are taking basket, and I'm keeping quiet. I'm not telling you that this basket is the problem. I get water in my house. You are not getting your own. It's because you are holding a basket. Basket can't fetch water. There can never be revival until people turn from sin. We can never see revival. We can, that's why the, the church is weaker and weaker because of that commo, comfortably accommodating sin. It's like an open plan system. Sin comes in. And I mean, sometimes you are in church, you are not sure whether you are in the world or you are still there. It's like an open plan system. And you, you, no, no, we, the church must be the church. Anyway, so, so. He says, that how can a young man cleanse his way by taking heed to your word? And in Psalm 119 verse 11, your word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. It's, not, it's very interesting. When Jesus was praying, it's, it's called the high priestly prayer in the Bible. Okay, the theologians call it the high priestly prayer. When he was praying before he died in Matthew chapter, sorry, in John chapter 17, he, he, one of the key features of his prayer was the word of God. Verse 8, he mentions the word of God. Verse 12, he mentions the word of God. Verse 14, he mentions the word of God. Verse 16, he mentions the word of God. Verse 19, he mentions, 17, he mentions the word of God. Verse 19, he mentions the word of God. Verse 20, he mentions the word of God. Because the word of God is the sanctifying agent. Verse 17 is the most powerful one amongst all. All are good, but look at that in the light of what I'm teaching. It says that John 17, 17, sanctify them by thy truth, by thy word. Thy word is truth, all right? Sanctify them by thy word. Thy word is truth. John 17, 17, it says that sanctify them by thy truth. Thy word is truth. So the word of God is a sanctifying agent. When we come to the word of God, there are about seven things God, the Bible mentions or relates the word or reflects um, describes the word of God as, as said earlier on, number one is like a mirror. According to James chapter 1, verse 23, when you are looking into the law, it's like you are looking to perfect law of liberty, verse 25. Verse 26 said, if you come to the word of God and you look into a mirror and you go and forget what you are, you are looking like. So the word of God helps us to see how we really are. 
it helps us to see how we look like and to help us to walk in the path of holiness because now you can see that I think something is a bit skewed and a bit not clean in your face or something. You know, you can see yourself very well. So that's Second Corinthians chapter 3 verse 18 that we all with an open face, you know, that unveiled faces. You tend to your spirit, your, your eyes are unveiled so now you can see the word of God for what it is. So that's why it starts with the spirit. Uh, <coughs> We are with an open veil faces beholding us in the mirror, us in the glass. So the word of God is uh, typified or is represented as mirror. Number two, the word of God is also presented as a sword. In Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12, it says, For the word is life, is living. It's living. Anywhere it comes, it brings life. It's living. The word of God inside you means some, there's life going on inside you. All right. The word of God is living and it's sharper than any two-edged sword. Two-edged sword means that any way you handle it cuts. It doesn't, it's not got a blunt, a blunt spot, a blunt side. It cuts anyway. Anywhere. It's where it works. It does the job. Get the word of God in your system and it to do. So it comes, it's like a sword to cut you and to deeply cut and help you to see deep water the things inside us it's be able it can be able to separate the bone from the marrow what it means is that it goes so deep even to the affecting the deepest part of your existence of your being that is why unbelievers don't want to hear about the word of god because if you quote the word of god in its truth it, it goes so deep the word of god <laughs> this was somebody how somebody puts it he said the word of god I think it's Martin Luther who put it this way, the reformer. He said, the word of God is like, it has feet, it runs after me. It, it has eyes, it sees me. It, it has a mouth, it speaks to me. It has, it has hands, it, it lays hold on me. When you go to, the word holds you, it takes hold of you, it grabs you. The word can grab you. The word can run, it runs after you, it has feet, it's running after you. It, it has mouth, it's speaking to you. It has eyes, it's looking at you. When you go to the word, it, go, it goes so deep because it's able to separate um, uh, the, uh, between cut asunder the, the soul from the, the spirit. The dividing between the spirit and the soul. What is not of God, the word of God will help to 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 set it um clarify it so quickly if uh, hebrew chapter 12 chapter 4 verse 12 for the word of god is quick is quick that's living and powerful wow sharper than any two edged sword piercing even to the dividing asunder of the soul and the spirit to the uh, of the joints and marrows and is the designer and it's a designer of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. You want to know whether your heart is very pure, clean, get the word of God. It's not a prophecy you need. This is the sure word of prophecy. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 20. It's a sure word of prophecy. So get the word into your system. Verse 20 and 21. Get the word of God into your system. And so the word of God is presented as a source. So number one, is the word of God is presented as a mirror. Number two, is presented as a sword. Number three, is presented as milk. Second first Peter 2, 2. As newborn babies, desire the sincere milk of the word so you can grow by. It's milk that helps us to develop the, in our, uh, in, in our uh, 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 perfecting holiness. The word of God is like milk that nourishes us to develop in perfecting holiness. You may not be there, but as long as you keep the word coming in, guess what? We'll be there gradually, step after step. Amen. And then number Number four, the word of God is also reflected or represented or presented in scriptures as meat. In second, first Corinthians 3, 2, it says that I could not feed you with meat. So meat is, is for development of muscles. And in Hebrews chapter 5, 
verse 13. I'm there actually Hebrews already. Okay, let me read it then. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 13 said, For everyone that uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness. Because he, he calls the Bible or the word of God the word of righteousness. See, your skill, because you are just at the entry level, you are not developing, getting the word more to come in. So the word of righteousness is the word that brings righteousness, that helps you to live a righteous life. You are unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he's a babe. But strong meat belongs to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern good and evil. All right. So you, as you use the word of God, you have your senses exercised. And it says that the word of God is full, is meat that helps you to develop the muscle to be able to stay, hold things tight. You are, you are, you are. You are struggling with some sin. Just get load your spirit with the word of God. It will give you strength, and you'll be able to. The, the enemy brings the temptation. You'll be able to. Yeah, Satan. This time you can't get me. So the word of God is also presented as meat number four. The word of God is also presented as knife, according to um, John chapter five, sorry, chapter fifteen. John chapter fifteen, verse two and three. It says that. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. I pray somebody is receiving something in Jesus' name. Every branch in me that bears no fruit, he, he, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it, that it might bring forth much fruit. So pruning is the pruning fork, pruning knife. Now ye are cleansed through the word which I have spoken to you. So how does he prune us? With the word. The word is like knife. It's the knife to shave us, shave the wanted hair from your body. It's like knife to chop off, cut off some things. You know, so, so it's knife to cut. It cuts some things out. So the word of God in our scriptures, in our work with holiness, there are things need to be cut out or cut off. We need the knife of the word to prune us. It's a pruning knife. Hallelujah. So the word of God in scripture is presented as the a mirror, is presented as the sword is presented as milk, is presented as meat, is presented as a pruning knife. And then number six, the word of God in scripture is also um, uh, presented as water for cleansing. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 26 is the, by the cleansing of water by the word. So it's presented as water for cleansing. The word of God is used to cleanse us in our pursuit and in our work in, of, in, in holiness. Praise the Lord. These things are very important. And finally, the word of God also is presented in scripture as lamp. That word, Psalm 119 verse 105, that word is a lamp unto my feet and a light to my path. It helps us to see our path and go up. The path, it shows us in the path of holiness. It says that uh, uh, um, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall know. He makes me to look, uh, 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 walk, uh, light down river. It makes me you walk in the path. It leads me in the paths of righteousness. Okay, there's a path of righteousness. It takes the word of God, saturating, living in a person because the word is living, living in a person to help you walk in the work and path of righteousness. Amen. So the word is a cleansing agent. The word of God. Number three. All right. So I've spoken on the seven ways to go, but quickly the number, the third point. So first point of how to um, perfect holiness and how to be separated is number number one the uh, um, uh, prayer number two the word of God sorry number one is the spirit number two is the word of God I'm sorry about that number three is very important is eternity mindedness heavenly mindedness 
Colossians chapter 3, verse 2 and 3 says, Since you are seated with Christ, set your mind on things above. What is your mind on? The things your mind is on will determine your purity. Your, or let me put it this way, dealing, looking at things in the bigger picture. God, is, God has a global plan. The fact that you've lost your job or your things haven't gone through for you doesn't mean God has gone on holiday. It probably may be part of God's plan, programming and doing something greater on this generation. John the Baptist died. Jesus died on the cross. His death was not a loss to the kingdom of God. It was a gain. You know, Stephen died. It wasn't, he was martyred. It wasn't a loss. So by human nature that we see anything that is not beneficial to our instant living as a loss. You have to lift up your eyes and look at the holistic picture. It's called, uh, from, look at things from the point of eternity. I'm going to throw a big word here, theological word. Sometimes it's good to just be familiar with that, okay? It's called subspecies itinitatus. Subspecies itinitatus. In other words, looking at things from the eternal perspective. Subspecies itinitatus, itinitatus, eternity, in the light of eternity. You see, so if you want to walk holy and live a holy life, perfect holiness, then you have to subspecies itinitatus, itinitatus. Subspecies, subspecies, alternatives. Hallelujah. Subspecies, alternatives. I wish I could do a song out of that. You know. So that is a serious statement, which means that in in this in the light, you see, approach life in the light of eternity. It's not just in the light of current what is happening in your life or just you, and in the in the in the light of the universe, the the bigger picture, the parano, para, pano, panoramic view. Of what God is doing, a best eye view about life, right from eternity. Watch this; it's very important because Bible says in Romans, sorry, Second Corinthians, the scripture, our anchor scripture, Second Corinthians chapter seven, verse one. Let me read it again. It says that having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us see. You are aware of the promises. Your mind is on something greater in God. Your mind is on more on, thank you. Your mind is more on God than on you. All right. That will help you in your work of of holiness. So it says that having these precious promises, and there's one powerful scripture. I love this scripture so much. In 1 John chapter 3, verse 1, it said, Behold, what manner of love the Father has given unto us that we should be called the sons of that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore, the world knows not knows us not, because he knew him not. That's not where I'm going. Look at verse 2. Behold, now are we the sons of God, and it does not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see as it is. That's not where I'm going, but the main point. We know that when we appear, we shall be like him. So we know. But look at this. And every man that has this hope in himself purifies himself even as he is pure. If this is your hope, when you are heavenly minded, when you are thinking, now it is, in a, it's boring that in many church settings, the, the awareness of eternity has been marginalized, has been eclipsed severely. Has been eroded. People, many modern day Christians don't think about eternity. They think about materiality. Materialism now, 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 now. Oh, it's, 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 it's me and what God is doing now and what is now, what is now. Some, some, in the past, some preachers went as far as saying, you know, I'm not saying in the past. In the past 20, 15, 15, 20 years, some preachers went as far, carnal Christians, carnal preachers, carnal preachers of God's word went as far as saying that as for heaven, it's not a problem. 
let's let's always think about just let's think about now earth now how can you live for god if you only what you are thinking about is now now your best living when you say oh, life is going to better 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 let's stop thinking about that and think more about how we can fulfill our heavenly assignment because one day all these so-called better things on earth shall be left behind that's why your pastor can't correct you that's why your pastor can't rebuke you. You are so full of yourself because you have some money. You are so full of yourself because of where you work. Uh, give me a break. Oh, heaven and earth shall pass away. All those things are fleeting. They are passing away. They are going. They are going. That's why no one can correct you. Even though you are not, you are not treating your wife well. Even though you are maltreating your wife. You are maltreating your husband. We can't, can't, no one can correct you because you are very powerful. You know some big people in authority. Excuse me. You can be in authority and there is a higher authority. One day we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. 2 Corinthians chapter, chapter 5 verse 10. It's very important. We shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. All of us. All of us. We shall stand before the judgment seat. To give account of, to God what you have done in your body what we have done in our body. And so when you have this in mind, Bible says, he who has, uh, 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 who, who has this keeps himself. Let me read again. Verse 3 that every man that has this hope in him keeps himself. The Christian hope is the hope of his coming. Bible calls it the blessed hope. First Peter chapter 1 verse, I think verse 8 or something like that. The blessed hope, the glorious appearing of our Lord and Savior Jesus. is the blessed hope. The actual Christian hope is the coming of the Lord Jesus. So it's very important to understand that all these things, we have to do it with eternity in mind. We have to be eternity-minded. Praise God and praise God and praise God. He who has this hope in himself cleanses himself. You keep yourself. If you know that Jesus is coming again, you keep yourself. If you know he can come any moment, you keep yourself. You keep yourself. Because I said, I'm going to come as a thief in the night. You keep yourself. So you will not be in darkness. You keep yourself. First Thessalonians chapter 3 and chapter 4 talks about we are not in darkness that the day should take us by surprise. We are not in darkness that the day should take us by surprise. So, um, uh, subspecies and titles, eternity mindedness is what will keep us, to, it help us to remain holy and to perfect holiness. You want to perfect holiness, be eternity minded. That's three. Number four, to perfect holiness, it calls, it calls for um, uh, uh, discipline. Heavenly, heavenly chastisement or heavenly chastening or discipline. It, this will be a, an, a, an eye opener and a blessing. Watch this. Verse 7 of Hebrews chapter 12. If ye endure chastening, in other words, endure. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 7. Endure hardship as discipline. And that's all. It's, it's hardship. It's difficult times. Watch this. Endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as his child. For what children are not disciplined by their father? For if you are not disciplined and everyone undergoes discipline, then you are not legitimate, not, uh, not true sons and daughters, uh, daughters at all. King James. <laughs> I want there's a word there. Uh, it says that, but if you're, verse 8, but if you are without chastening, Whereof all are partakers, then you are ye are bastards and not sons. Bastard. That's why he said you are a bastard and not a son of God. If God is, you are messing up, and God will not chasten you. But you know, listen, this chastening is not only correction. Correction. There are times, hard times will come in your life. Let's say this COVID nineteen times, people maybe somebody might lose your job. Losing your job or things not going through for you does not mean God is against you. Actually, God can use these hard times to develop your holy work with him. So that Satan, like what happened to Job, Satan can, can say Job was serving God because of what is God. 
when modern day Christians, particularly charismatic, prosperity-seeking Christians, slight challenge is we begin to say God has let you down. Slight challenge, slight challenges that can, how can God allow this to happen to me? How can God, we, it's about time we stop that kind of language and start talking about, even though he slays me according to Job, even though he's 13, 13, 15, even though he slays me, I'll trust him. This may, he said, heaven and earth shall pass away. Let the earth be removed. I will not be afraid because God is with me. He's my present help in trouble. That's the language of someone who is being developed through hard, hard types. So the church of God thrives in persecution. So when hard times come, it, you can take it as God using it to, to discipline you, help you to understand. Bible says that count it all joy when you fall into diverse kinds of temptation, knowing that the, the trial of your faith works patience. Here in James chapter 1 verse, verse, verse um, 12. All right? Count it all joy when you, no, sorry, verse 2. Verse two and three and four, and knowing that the trial of your faith, it produces patience. So the things we go through is end up ending up making us better people. Watch this verse, I need to, I need to show you the verse 10. Um, for um, talking about our natural father's discipline as for their own pleasure. For they, ver- for they verily for a few days chasing, chasing us after their own pleasure, the way they feel is good for them and us. But he talking about but God for our prophets. God is disciplines are for our prophet. Watch this that we might be partakers of his holiness. So to be partaker of God's holiness means that you have to undergo certain uh, no when you undergo hardship, it is being used to produce holy results and holy fruits in your life. Amen. I'm not saying that every trouble you go through is God who has sent you. God doesn't send troubles, but challenges because on, of earth, challenges will come. And when the challenges come, like Joseph, he was sold. God didn't sell him, but God was behind it. God allowed it because God was using that to make him a, a better person and a prime minister. I see that your, tr- your trouble will crown you a champion in Jesus' name. Without Goliath, how can you ascend to the throne as David? You need your Goliath. It's okay. Don't be afraid. God is with you. Just walk with God. This is this situation, this season is actually polishing you. It's actually developing you. You are developing your holy work. Bible says that it, it's for your prophets that you partake in his holiness. So for us to follow holiness and for us to, to uh, uh, um, perfect holiness, it requires certain times. Some difficult times are necessary to perfect holiness. A God will use that to chasten that. Now, the next point is prayer. Bible says that watch and pray that you don't fall into temptation. If you are not praying, boy, you cannot pursue the things of God. Your prayer will help you. After you have read the word, prayer will help you to pursue God. So number one, I'm talking about uh, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. How to perfect holiness? Number one, it takes the Holy Spirit. Number two, it takes the Holy Scriptures. Number three, it takes a heavenly mindset. Number four, it takes um, uh, the discipline. Okay, understand going through chastisement and discipline. Number, number, number five, prayer. When you pray, Jesus said, Matthew chapter... 26 verse 41 watch and pray that you do not fall into temptation in matthew chapter 6 verse um 30 he said when you pray say lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil so your praying will help you and give you an upper hand it's very important be prayerful be prayerful the early church was always praying and prayer plays a major role in the holy brother's life then number six all right number six is besides uh, prayer it's I. It's vigilance. This 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 point is so important. Let me take my note here quickly. This point is so important. Ephesians chapter six verse eighteen talking about watch there in, in, in pray all prayer and watching thereon unto. Um, 
So vigilance, sorry, it's always good to go to that. Ephesians chapter 5, uh, thank you, Lord. Ephesians chapter 6, I'm sorry. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18 says that, Pray always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, and watching unto with all, all perseverance. And so, so we have to watch. All right. Jesus said in John in Mark chapter 13, verse, verse 33, 34, 35, it talks about what verse 37 says, Whatever I say to you, I say to all, watch. He taught them how to watch. Be watchful. In 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 7, it speaks about how we should we should be sober and watch unto all things. Okay. 1 Peter chapter I don't want to because of time. First Peter chapter four verse seven. First Peter chapter five verse eight. Be sober and vigilant, for your adversary the devil rolls about seeking whom he might devour. And so vigilance is very important. Matthew chapter twenty-four verse forty-two. It talks about how um, watch and pray. Or watch when you don't, for you don't know when the, the Lord is coming. So you have to be watchful. So vigilance is necessary and is is very important. When I talk about vigilance, let me throw a little bit more about vigilance. Also mean you are not tolerating everything. You are so watchful. You, do, you are not tolerant of everything, compromising on anything, right? To tolerance can be very costly in a holy pursuit. Tolerance can be costly in perfecting holiness because Bible says that you tolerated Jezebel to teach. Revelation chapter 2 verse 21. You tolerated Jezebel. You don't have to tolerate some things because you are, you are working on holiness. You are pursuing holiness. You don't, to, you don't have to tolerate some company. The company you are keeping is affecting you. you remember in 2 Corinthians chapter um, 6 verse 17, it says, Be separated. You have to cut off from certain fellowship. You have to cut off from certain association. Your association is, 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 is killing you. I'm telling you. It's killing your your. Uh, consecration life, life of consecration. Sometimes it's not you, it's your association, it's your exposure, the things you are exposed, the places you find yourself going, the places you hang around, it's costing you. You are a genuine person, you don't want to do something. How come you keep doing it? Stop going to that girl's house. Stop going to that boy's house. Once you say, oh no, this time I'll deal with it. Thank you, Holy Spirit, I'm going. And by the time you realize you have done worse than previously, and you can vow that God, if I do this again, kill me, kill me. He, that, God is so good, that's why he hasn't killed because you know, he should have killed you a long time ago, but he won't kill you because you know, that cry is a heart of desperation and genuineness. But sometimes we trust ourselves so much, we expose ourselves to what will kill us. Bible talks about in 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 8, that um, Lot, he he lot he vexed his spirit, righteous Lot, he vexed his spirit by the, uh, let me read it, 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 8 says that, for this righteous man dwelling amongst them, that's among the sinners, and seeing and hearing, and hearing, vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. So the things you are supposed is vexing your soul. That's why Bible says Delilah vexed something. She vexed something that something can't take it anymore. Couldn't take it. So he had to tell his secret because he was, he was vexed. Sometimes you give up and cave in because you are vexed by all kinds of things you are seeing. Some, some movies are not helpful for you because it will stir up your pornographic taste again. Because you are still a human being. The flesh is not saved. The flesh has its desires. So if you don't aggressively fight it, you all end up always fulfilling the desires of the flesh. You have to fight it. Cut off yourself from something. Be vigilant. Be watchful. Watch out. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 22, sorry, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 19, it says that, Nevertheless, the foundation of the Lord stands firm, having this seal. The Lord knows those who are his. And let all those who name the name of Christ or God depart from iniquity. 
That's the foundation. It's the foundation. Depart from iniquity. So you have to watch out and depart from things. You have to depart. Leave some things alone. Get out of that house. Get out of that site. Get out of that relationship. Get out. Get out. Other than that, you can never perfect holiness. I'm telling you. Holy Spirit is you. There you are receiving the word. You are praying, but you can't perfect holiness because what? Of your environment is saturated. Finally, in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 22. Nice scripture to remember. 2 Timothy 2, 22. What does it say? It says that pursue, uh, flee fornication. All right, flee youthful, flee youthful lust, and pursue righteousness, peace, holiness. With those who name the name of call the name of God out of a pure heart. So your uh, your company will even determine your effectiveness in perfecting holiness. You have to do it with some people. So change, change, change ship, jump ships, change association. It will really have help in your perfecting holiness. And finally, first Timothy, first. Um, first, um, second Corinthians chapter 7, and our anchor scripture. Finally, having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and the spirit, perfecting holiness. How in the fear of the Lord, fear of God, fear of God. You can't pay, you must always know that God is a consuming fire. It's a fearful thing according to Hebrews chapter 12, verse 28. I think I have to read that one. Hebrews 12, today I've read quite a bit of Hebrews 12. Praise God. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 26. Um, thank you, Jesus. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 26. Whose, vi- who, whose voice then shook the... Okay, let's go to 27. Verse 27 says that, And this word, ye... Uh, sorry, this word, yet once I will shake... Um, all right, verse 28 is what I'm looking for. Wherefore, we receive, where, where, uh, wherefore we receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved, let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. It's not like I'm afraid of some people, so you don't have to fear. You have to fear God. Fear God. Je- jo- Joseph said in Genesis chapter 39, verse 9, now how can I do this wickedness against God? I can't do this. I fear God too much to do some things. It's not weakness, it's wickedness when you continue doing certain things. So you, ca- you can't be beating your wife, abusing your wife, or abusing your child, or, or still doing dodgy fraud at work and say, I fear God. Please stop that. Stop that lying. And <laughs> so he says that, um, where, where, where was I even? Yeah, Hebrews. He says that, let, let, let us serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. Fear God. We have to give the things of God certain level of reverence. Hebrews chapter 12 verse, verse 14, it says that follow peace with all men and holiness without which no one can see God. Looking diligently lest any man fail, fail of the grace of God. You see, the grace of God can fail. Fail of the grace of God lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you and thereby many be defiled. Instead of holiness, you end up being defiled. Lest Lest there be any fornicator or profane person as Esau, who for a morsel of me sold his birthright. You have to be careful, brah. You have to be careful. And so let's do this in the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is right. The fear of the Lord is important. The fear of the Lord is great. Hebrews again, chapter 10, verse 26. Hebrews 10, 26. You got to see this one. For if we sin willfully after we have received the knowledge. I didn't even read it. Finish reading chapter 12, verse 20. Please let me finish it and come back. It says that, let's, let, let, wherefore, we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear, for God is a consuming fire. 
God is a, is a consuming fire. We have to fear him. Chapter, Hebrews chapter 10 verse 26 says that, For if we sin willfully after that we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remains no more sacrifice for sin, but what? Verse 27, but certain fearful looking for a judgment and fiery indignation which shall devour the adversaries. So there's a fearful judgment coming. If after you are born again, you just go ahead sinning anyhow and behaving anyhow, doing anything that you feel, well, that's what I feel I want to do. Revelation chapter 14 verse 7. I think this should be the last scripture. Revelation chapter 14 verse, verse 7. It says that, saying with a loud voice, fear God and give, him, give, give glory to him for the hour of his judgment is come and Worship him that made heaven and the earth and the sea and the fear God, fear God, fear God and give him glory. Fear God. So number one, how do you keep our, uh, how do we pursue holiness? How do we follow holiness? How do we perfect holiness? How do we separate ourselves? How do we practice and uh, consecration? Number one. Holy, it takes the Holy Spirit. Number two, it takes the Holy Spirit scriptures. Number three, it, um, it takes heavenly mindedness. Number four, it it, it uh, number four, it takes. Um, let me just make sure. Yeah. So number one, it takes the Holy Spirit. Number two, it takes the Word of God. Number three, it takes heavenly mindedness. Number four, it, it takes vigilance. Number five, it takes prayers. Number six, it takes the fear. Of God, the fear of God, the fear of God. All right, I repeated number four. So, so it's seven, six points actually. I give it takes the fear of God. So, Holy Spirit, Holy Scriptures, heavenly mindedness, vigilance, prayer, and the fear of God. When these things are in our lives, vigilance also means intolerance. When these things are in our lives, it will, it will help us perfect holiness or follow holiness in the fear of the Lord. God bless you so much. We thank God for using his servant, Reverend Dr. David Entry, to share this awesome word. If this message has blessed you in any way, please spread the word by sharing it and send us an email to amen at caris.org. Remember to stay connected with us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube and Twitter for regular updates on what God is doing here at Caris Ministries. Stay blessed.